إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم يا أيها الذين آمنوا تقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الذين آمنوا تقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد I want to start with the scene that we find in the third chapter of the Quran in Surah Ali Imran This passage begins with Allah reminding us of some very key names in human history إن الله اصطفى آدم ونوح وآل إبراهيم وآل عمران على العالمين ذرية بعضها من بعض والله سميع عليم Allah mentions key figures in our history as a species overall Allah says that He chose that He selected إن الله اصطفى آدم Prophet Adam عليه السلام our father Adam and Prophet Noah عليه السلام the first messenger sent to mankind وآل إبراهيم and the family of Ibrahim alayhi salam, Prophet Ibrahim, Prophet Abraham, peace be upon him, and the family of Imran. Imran and this passage uh, shed some light on, on his wife and then also his family. Allah tells us about his wife. Now it's important for us to understand that he was an imam among his people. There are different opinions whether he was a prophet or not, but the, 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 the main point is that he was a key religious figure among his people in Palestine. And he ends up passing away. What does this passage focus on though? It's interesting that it actually does not focus that much on him. Even though Allah mentions his name and Allah mentions his family, وَآلِ Imran. But then when you look at the ayat that follow, you don't really find anything about him specifically. Allah mentions his wife. And Allah says that his wife, when she was pregnant, her intention was she wanted to have a child. She wanted to have a son specifically because their tradition at the time was if, you're, if you are going to dedicate your child to the service of deen, the norm was for it to be a boy. That was the norm. So her intention was she wanted to have a son for that reason. She wanted to have a son because she wanted her son to serve the deen. To serve the community, to serve people. That was her main intention. And her promise to Allah that was, her promise to Allah was that the child in her womb was going to be dedicated to his service. She was going to raise that child to serve Allah Azza wa And her hope was, for that reason, her hope was to have a son so that son can be raised to serve, to serve Allah and his deen. She ends up giving birth to a daughter. إِنِّي وَضَعْتُهَا أُنْثَى وَاللَّهُ أَعْلَمُ بِمَا وَضَعَتْ وَلَيْسَ الذَّكَرُ SubhanAllah, she delivers a baby and it's a daughter. And at this point, she, she feels conflicted isn't the right word, but she feels 
you know, a little, not even confused, but it's just different than what she was hoping for. But what does Allah say? Allah says that the female is not like the male. The male is not like the female. When the child is born, inni wada'tuha untha. Allah, I've delivered a daughter. Wallahu a'lamu bima wada'at. Allah knows what she delivered. And Allah is saying that the male is not like the female. And then what does, what does she say? Wa inni sammaytuha Maryam. I've named her Maryam. Wa inni u'idhuha bika wa dhurriyataha min ash-shaytanir rajim. This is absolutely incredible, subhanAllah. And this is the, the main concept that I want to touch upon today. She just gave birth to a baby. It's a daughter. And she's asking Allah, so she names her Maryam, and she asks Allah to protect this baby and any children to come from this child, from this baby. She asks Allah to protect this baby and any potential future offspring from shaitan. Think about the perspective. Think about the paradigm. Think about why Allah is teaching us, look at this family. What is Allah teaching us in this specific instance? Look at her deep concern. She's holding a baby, asking Allah to protect not only this baby, but any potential future offspring for potential generations to come from shaitan. So her concern, her paradigm, she's looking so far ahead into the future. She's not just thinking about this baby. She's also thinking about the future of potential offspring from that baby, subhanAllah. So what, what is one of the, the key fruits that we can pluck from this tree? We should reflect within ourselves how deeply concerned are we truly regarding our kids and potentially their kids and their kids and their kids and their kids into the future. Not only regarding our kids and their potential future offspring, but what about other people's kids and their potential future offspring? We have to be concerned about them. We have to be. We learn this from her. Again, she's holding a baby, asking Allah to protect the future children of this baby. And who did Sayyidina Maryam end up giving birth to later on? Sayyidina Isa This all started with who? It started with the grandmother. It started with the grandmother. Look at the power of the dua of a mother. The power of the dua of a grandmother. The power of sincerity. The power of a sincere intention. And by the way, what ended up happening? So you had Imran and Zechariah. And each of them, so there were two sisters. One married Imran, one married Zechariah. Imran passes away either before Sayyidina Maryam was born or when she was a baby. The point is, from a, you know, she was not raised with her biological father. So there, there was this, this issue, this concern, who's going to take care of her? And subhanAllah, the righteous at the time, the righteous men at the time, they wanted the honor of taking care of this child because of who the child was, who the mother was, and who the father was. They felt like it was a responsibility that this child's father was serving our community as well as the mother serving the community because the, the, the father can't do it without the support of the wife. There ha that, back, that backbone is needed. The backbone of any community is the women. 
Historically speaking, the backbone of the community, period, is the women. Our mothers, our wives, our daughters, our grandmothers, our granddaughters. They're the backbone. Who raised Prophet Musa alayhi salam? Sayyidah Asiya. Who supported the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he receives revelation? And it totally shook him. Who did he go to? He went to his wife Sayyidah Khadija. Who comforted him? Sayyidah Khadija. Who did he name as the four best women in human history? Asiya, who played an extremely pivotal role in raising Prophet Musa alayhi salam. Sayyidah Maryam, who played an extremely pivotal role in raising Prophet Isa alayhi salam. And Sayyidah Khadija, who played an extremely pivotal role supporting the Prophet alayhi salatu salam in every way possible. And his daughter Sayyidah Fatima, who played an extremely pivotal role in the life of the Prophet, as well as uh, uh, when, when you look at who she married, Sayyidina Ali, and any descendant on the face of the earth that is directly descended from the Prophet it's not through any of his sons because they all died in infancy but it's through Sayyidah Fatima anha. when you look at each of these figures you see how they were a backbone supporting an extremely important person in history so they, they had their importance and in and of themselves and they had their importance in terms of supporting others as well so when you look at the, the male figures, they're not who they are without the female figures supporting them and having their back and lifting them up and, and supporting them. So from this, we should reflect on it. Do we appreciate the women in our lives? Do we appreciate our mothers, our wives, our daughters, so on and so forth? Our sisters? We should. And we ask Allah to help us to do so. We ask Allah to bless all of them. She had this sincere intention. She made this promise to Allah. Now, what ended, what ended up happening? Sayyidina Zakaria, who was her uncle, they basically, they drew lots and it was him, it was him, it was him. So it was clear that he was the one who was going to take وَكَفَّلَهَا Zakaria. He took the responsibility of raising her. He was the one who inherited that responsibility. And he was proud to inherit that responsibility. He was proud to be of service to his family, to his community. And so he was. And he, he played a very pivotal role in, in, in raising her and nurturing her, being there for her. And he noticed that you know, she would have these different fruits out of season. And he was so inspired by her. So by the way, what was her mother's intention for this child to be raised serving deen? To, to be raised as a person dedicated to God himself, to Allah Azza wa The norm was for for boys to go down that path, for men to go down that path. Even then, Sayyidah Maryam still grew up in that path. She still served the deen. And she still went down that path that her mother intended for her. It may have been a little bit different at the time, but that wasn't the priority. What are people going to say? That wasn't the priority. The priority was, I made this promise to Allah, this needs to happen. Some, in some way, shape, or form, this is going to happen. And it did happen. And until now, we appreciate that it did happen. And then through the daughter, you have Prophet Isa alayhi salam. All of this started with what? With a sincere heart, a sincere promise, sincere dua from the grandmother. The grandmother wanted a son. Allah gave her the daughter first, and then through that daughter gave her the grandson. Subhanallah. So she, instead of having you know, one amazing figure in human history, as her child, Allah gave her the daughter and then through the daughter, the son or the grandson. So 
think of who that grandmother must have been. Think of, think of her status with Allah Azza wa Jal. Think of how important she must have been in the eyes of Allah Azza wa Jal. Instead of giving her one extremely important figure in human history, Allah gave her two. One of the best women ever and one of the best men ever, subhanAllah. But it started with this sincere heart. And what was so special about that sincere heart? A very deep concern for the future. You also find this in Prophet Ibrahim Prophet Ibrahim and his son Prophet Ismail they're building the Kaaba. And what are they concerned about? رَبَّنَا وَجَعَلْنَا مُسْلِمَيْنِ لَكَ وَمِنْ ذُرِّيَّتِنَا أُمَّةً مُسْلِمَةً لَكَ وَأَرِنَا مَنَاسِكَنَا وَتُبْ عَلَيْنَا إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ تَوَابُ الرَّحِيمُ At this time when they're building the Kaaba, they're asking Allah, one, the first رَبَّنَا دُعَاءَ that you find in the Qur'an when you read it start to finish. رَبَّنَا تَقَبَلْ مِنَّا Our Lord, accept this from us. Accept from us. As amazing as the effort may be, as amazing as the action may be, there still has to be this concern and this hope, as well as a healthy dose of fear, just to keep things balanced. I hope Allah accepts this from me, and I'm concerned, what if Allah does not accept it from me? Just to, just to keep the heart centered. Because if a, if, a, if a heart is off-center, and a person's good deeds, if their righteousness starts to get to their head, and it starts to get to their heart in a negative way, then all of a sudden that water that's needed, the same water that's needed to carry a ship, from one coast to another, you need that water to, 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 to travel. Just that same water is needed for that, but it has to remain on the outside. As soon as that water starts to enter that ship, that same water that's needed to complete the journey can be the same thing that sinks, that sinks the same ship. So we need good deeds to make it through this life. So we show up on Judgment Day and we, we hope that we can say, Ya Allah, I tried my best. I tried my best. I, I hope my good efforts are accepted and I hope my mistakes are forgiven. I tried my best, Ya Allah. I, I, I tried to do what I could. But if those good deeds start to get to a person's head and they start to think to themselves that they're so amazing and they're so righteous and they start looking down on other people who may not do in the same exact good deeds as them, then that water starts to enter their ship and then they end up sinking. And there's no one to blame other than themselves. Likewise, if someone is off-center too far to the left, then a person will start to get too down on themselves and fall into despair. What's the point of me trying to do anything? You know, Allah may never forgive me. And unfortunately, if any youth, people in general, but especially youth, if any youth think in this way, it's very sad that it's because they were taught that. They were mistaught who Allah is. They were only taught, whether it was their parents, aunties, uncles, teachers, whoever, that the only thing you should think about when it comes to God is fear. That's not what it's supposed to be. That's not how Allah describes Himself. How does Allah describe Himself? What does Allah prioritize regarding Himself? Mercy, 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 mercy. There are consequences. Those boundaries have to be respected. But things have to be put into perspective. So the dua of Prophet Ibrahim and Prophet Ismail, they're building the Kaaba. It's an amazing deed. They're asking Allah to accept it from them. And then after that, what are they asking Allah to make them Muslims to Allah, submissive to Allah Azza wa Jal, and from among their offspring to also be Muslims? We ask Allah to count us from among them. Amin Rabbil Alameen. Aqul Aqul Hada Astaghfirullah Nihu Lakum Fasafiru Innahu Huwa Al-Ghafur Rahim.
بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد To conclude, I want to tie this in with any parents here, any parents out there in general who are struggling with their teenagers. That's the norm. Unfortunately, that's, that's just part of the challenge of this life. Those, those waves are serious and they're intense. But through our Prophet, through his example, والسلام, we can learn ways from the seerah of the Prophet, from the Qur'an, how can those difficult waves be navigated. And one of the key elements that we can take from the Qur'an and the sunnah of our Prophet والسلام, rahmatan للعالمين, is to make dua for your kids. Even if they're teenagers, even if they're, they're not listening how you want them to, even if, may Allah protect them. If they're on the straight path, may Allah keep them on the straight path. And if they're struggling, may Allah bring them back to the straight path in beautiful ways. In the meantime, if they're doing good, ask Allah to help them to continue. And if they're struggling, if they're going the wrong direction, instead of cursing them and, you know, this, that, and the other, ask Allah to guide them. Ask Allah to bring them back. And I'll give you one example and I'll conclude. Look at Prophet Yaqub alayhi salam. He had 12 sons, we know this. His own sons, most of them, took one of the younger ones, Prophet Yusuf السلام, when he's still an innocent little kid, they take him and they throw him in the well, and the whole story unfolds. If they could be that far off in the wrong direction, and if eventually they came back, then chances are your children can come back too. And may Allah bring them back. Hopefully they don't have to go down, you know, that long path of, you know, going the wrong direction, then the U-turn of coming back. Hopefully they can save themselves a lot of time and agony for themselves and their parents and their family members. To avoid that, hopefully they can stay on the straight path. But in case that is the case, try, it's tough. May Allah make it easy for everyone. It's very difficult, but try to not despair and try to ask Allah to guide them and to bring them back. Maybe it happens overnight, maybe it takes 10, 20, 30 years. Allah knows, but when you look at the seerah, you have to feel hope. Khalid bin Walid accepted Islam. Abu Sufyan accepted Islam. Wahshi came around and accepted Islam, so on and so forth. These are stories of hope. Not everyone is like Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu. Day one, he accepts it and he's on the straight and narrow, you know, until the end of his life. That's amazing, but in case there are challenges, make dua for them, don't make dua against them. We ask Allah to guide our youth, we ask Allah to forgive them, we ask Allah to grant them the gift of Iman, the sweetness of Iman, we ask Allah to forgive them and protect them, we ask Allah for any of the youth who are doing good, we ask Allah to help them to help them to continue to do good. And for the youth who are struggling, we ask Allah to forgive us and them and to bring them back to the straight path and help them to do more and more good. Amin Rabbil Alameen. Rabbana hab lana min azwajina wa dhurriyatina qurrata a'yun wa ja'alna lil muttaqina imama. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fi al-akhirati hasana wa qin a'adhaab al-nar. Rabbana atina min ladunka rahmah wa hayyat lana min amrina rashad. رشدا إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذو القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعيذكم لعلكم تذكرون وأقم الصلاة